Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. Well, good morning on this Valentine's Day. Hope that you uh, have all of your flowers and cards and gifts and white chocolate in order. Hope all the white chocolate strawberries covered in white chocolate accompanied by white chocolate squares. All you white chocolate lovers are out there. See, I can talk about white chocolate. Let's see if State Representative Rudy Veet enjoys white chocolate in the 59th District. Rudy, welcome to the program. How you doing? Great. Glad to be here. It's an honor and a privilege. Are you, are you a white milk or dark chocolate or none of the above guy? Well, I thought I was a good old German-American. I think we had cho- uh, dark chocolate. There you go. All right. I, I, I have, I have a th- uh, simple question. I heard you talking about Valentine's Day. Yeah. You ought to be a seasoned expert for now. by now with your age now. So what is the right way to do Valentine's Day? <laughs> seasoned expert, huh? Well, I... I think he was calling you old, actually. I may, as Arnold Schwarzenegger said in the last Terminator movie, I may be old, but I'm not obsolete. Um, so I don't know. We just, my wife just likes a classic of a dozen roses. That's how she likes that. So that's what we do. I do roses and uh, a nice card. I write something in a card. If I'm lucky, if I can get them from the candy factory, get some chocolate-covered strawberries. Now, how about you, Rudy? Oh, I try to make every day in her life a Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, listen to this. Oh. <laughs> He's a politician. Oh, my God. You know what? I took that hook, line, and sinker, didn't I? I'm telling you. Hey, well, I see that you're doing something on compensating jurors differently before we get into some heavy-duty stuff. You sponsored a bill on that. What's that all about? I We had dinner last night with uh, someone who's on a, a a friend of ours who's she's, she's on a, some federal jury this time. But Do you uh, ever eat dinner at home, Randy? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Uh, and so what's this about reimbursement for jurors? Really? Well, that's just part of a large bill that we bought, uh, heard in house yesterday. And basically it just, uh, jurors now get paid maybe six, eight dollars a day. And if they're there for a long period, that's a real burden. And simply it gives the county commissioners the authority to uh, actually not pay them anything for the first two days or pay them six, eight dollars the first two days. But after, after three days, they pay them like fifty dollars a day. Which isn't that much, but it still helps some, and that actually saves the county money and the jurors like it. They're willing to give up a little bit. When you ask some of these jurors to give up two, three, or four weeks for a trial, uh, it's hard to keep their mind on what's being heard in the courtroom when they got major things going on in their life. No, yeah, it sounds like a plan to me. I mean, I don't know when we're given cell phones and debit cards and hotel rooms and free meals to illegals you think jurors could at least get made kept a little closer to whole that well, makes sense yeah. it's another another attempt to give our county commissioners not keeping it local more authority yeah okay keep it local i like that theme john rudy rudy talk to us about something you you've been uh, at the very forefront of here in this especially again now that we're in an election year election season for folks out there who may not even be aware that missouri no longer has a presidential preference primary and you're opposed to that whole idea of kicking it to the kicking it to the curb well i've had more complaints on that recently than i probably had on anything people are upset when they find out that realistically they don't have any input in the primary they, they don't go to the caucus they don't feel comfortable in the caucus uh, i've been around caucuses and i know how they're run uh, my parents actually would vote at every election. I guarantee you, if I would have taken them to a caucus, 
they would not have went. And if they went, they wouldn't have felt felt comfortable. And and uh, it's just kind of strange. I know it wasn't binding, but you know, what is the right to vote if you don't have the people's input on who goes on a ballot? I think there are going to be a lot of people who are confused and frustrated and, and everything else about the um, caucus system. And I know the um, Republican Party is out there trying to educate people. And I think they're even doing some work. They've done some workshops locally. They're doing some education this weekend at Lincoln Days. But I know it's a, a topic of discussion that I hear a lot. Now, um, recently, uh, we um, you heard the state of the judiciary uh, from uh, Chief Justice Mary Rhodes Russell. Um, you know, being a lawyer, and I know you, you're involved in a lot of... Um, of the legislation that touches on lawyers and the judiciary. What did you make of her talk and where are we headed um, as far as the Missouri judiciary goes? I think she did a wonderful talk, but she's just a wonderful person. As a side note, like last year, she went with me to Blair Oaks to put on a uh, seminar for several classes where she has a PowerPoint and everything, just educating uh, high school kids on civics and role of judiciary. Uh, but again, She's very open that she's, you know, she's not wanting to walk on the turf of the legislature. And and but she also understands her role as a, as a third branch of government. And again, she's going through all the counties, uh, visiting all the counties. And that means she cares about the, the smaller people and what makes something work. And that's what we need more of. People that are go out to the people that are running the the county clerks and, that, and see what the problems are. Get down to the basics and and, and not just set up on some crow's nest looking down on everybody she's a very active in the community and very active in uh, uh preserving the integrity of judiciary it's truly in her heart and she of course is well known in jefferson city as you know representative seen her at madison's and uh, other restaurants too so you see her out and about uh, as well uh, i know the governor delivered his state of the state address so about you know several weeks ago it was on on the 24th of january in four-year district, the most important thing, at least among the top, is state employee pay. You represent literally thousands of state employees. You were the sitting in a couple rows in front of the governor. He noted his administration has raised state employee pay by more than 20% since he took office. They got an 8% pay raise, 8.7% last February. Governor's proposing 3.2% this year. Representative, are you optimistic, and is that enough? Well, I'm optimistic that we hopefully will get more. That actually, with inflation as it, as it is, it's probably a step backwards for a lot of them. And we can't get back in the regressive state. We have to have to really try to get the uh, salaries competitive so we can maintain and keep good good employees. I mean, in a lot of areas, we shouldn't be a training ground. I mean, we're the apprenticeship for some of the areas in the equipment operations that where they get their training, they can work here a while and go on. Our engineers, accountants, and and just you know, again, every office seniority and experience means a lot. We need to keep those people. Our guest is Rudy Veets, and he is of course a state representative from the area. Uh, wait a minute, everyone's Stephanie has a point. District fifty nine, uh, and down in uh, hometown is Wardsville, down in Cole County. Um, Rudy, I have to ask you, as uh, the Corrections and Public Institutions uh, Chair, um, there's been a lot of talk about why we don't keep people incarcerated that are career criminals. I mean, it just it's something that re- it's a recurrent theme on the program here. Brian or John will report on a criminal who, I don't know, us us common lay folk look at it and say, yeah, this this seems just like a bad dude. Why isn't this guy or gal locked up? And I guess one of the answers we've heard over the years is there's not enough space. You know, they got you bring one in the front door, they got to go out the back door. What what are your thoughts about that? Well, 
you're you're never going to buy it a hundred percent. You're not even on pretrial release. You can't lock them up forever. But the interesting yesterday, I had two of them in my office. One of them had sixteen years been in prison. The other one was, I think, twenty two years in prison, and they're out now. The one who was out for two years had paid uh, fourteen thousand dollars in taxes this year or last year, and the other one had. Uh, had a full-time job now making in excess of 50000 a year, and they went through the programming at uh, at uh, Algoa where they learned how to do programming. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can't learn on the Internet, but they learn and they get out. And, they're re- you know, these people are working hard to become back assets of society. Uh, both of them, if they're in that long, had, had committed a very serious crime when they were 16 years of age. So... You know, we just can't lock everybody up forever, and so there's going to be a certain percentage of them that are going to not do good. But mm-hmm. we got to keep stressing on, you know, let's get these people out, but get them out with, you know, a driver's license or at least a, a an ID card, a social security card, so they can get a job and motivate them to not go back into the same environment. If all we do is lock them up for a period and put them right back in the same environment, uh, odds are you're not going to have a very high success rate. I, I want you for a minute to take us behind the scenes in the House. What, you know, when you're just talking to other members of the House, what the talk is about the Senate. And I think, you know, from, I, I try to think of it from a personal level. I mean, the House is not a full-time paying job. So many people who are there are away from their families, away from their full-time work, sacrificing a lot, sacrifice a lot to get elected, and they have priorities. And so to come to work every day to try to get things passed, to pass things through the House and to know potentially that they're you know you're not going to get anything done in the senate uh you know what are those conversations with your colleagues in the house and are is there any movement by members of the house to try to talk some sense into the senate well probably the best thing sometimes it's best to say nothing at all but i will anyway (laughs) (laughs) um that's a nice succinct answer okay uh moving along representative rudy now do you want to expand on that, well, or was will, that it? It is frustrating. I mean, every everyone up there came with a reason, and they are taking away from their uh, their lives and family. And and very few of them are there for the help, for the money or the insurance. And just to come up there and, and stand around, and it is highly frustrating. I mean, when you have people who have ran businesses and that and come up there and running these roadblocks, uh, they're really not encouraged to come back and stick around. And there's discussion amongst them. Why am I here? Mm. Uh, but we try to do what we can in the house. And yeah. and we'll, but when the IP comes over the house, who knows what's going to happen there? It'll be interesting. And uh, I think a lot of us would like to see something done to to stiffen that. I, I think by all measures, a way too easy process for things that probably should be left in the legislative, you know, uh, courtyard to to go into the constitution i mean it just seems like these things get well you look at the marijuana legislation you know that that it's that no doubt that's going to need to be tweaked somehow or the marijuana amendment but how are you going to do that so it, well, more than an I, act of congress when i first went up there it was one of my main concerns about ip we ought to do something i mean a constitution is designed to protect a minority from a majority and if the majority can change it with a simple majority you, you have no constitution with any real basis be changed out of whim and then i was told by people substantially higher in the food chain than me that we'd never get it done because of lobbyists but we should have done something before right now it's going to be challenging just because of the political environment we're in and if we don't if we put it put the initiative petition out to the voter people and it fails 
that may mean you may not get another bite of that apple, and something does need to be done. Your former colleague on the House side, who's now in the Senate, Travis Fitzwater, floating his bill again that would uh, cut the number of state representatives by about 60. In a company town like Jefferson City, as we preload the question, Rudy, good idea, bad idea, what's your take? I don't think that the number of legislatures is, is, is too high up there. It basically, it means we've got to work together. Uh, and, and, you know, you want the House is a variety of opinions and ideas. And like you take, for instance, the one of the reps who sets by me is a veterinarian. I don't know what all they need, what goes on in their world. Others are plumbers, some are welders, some are lawyers, some are doctors. You know, they all come from a variety of backgrounds and they all bring a certain amount of knowledge. Uh, I don't see that limiting the amount of knowledge up there, a number of uh, representatives would probably do anything but uh, increase the, uh, the, the burden placed already upon our lobbyists to keep everybody informed. All right. Uh, before we let you go, Rudy, now your biography on the uh, house.mo.gov site states that you attend church at St. Stanislaus and you're a member of the St. Thomas Knights of Columbus. So are you going to share with us on this Ash Wednesday what you might be giving up or, or not for Lent? Well, hopefully, normally on Ash Wednesday, Monsignor Quickie gives ashes out in the back of, of the chambers. So that's got to be on my agenda yet to get done, because I didn't get that done this morning. And uh, and what I'm giving up, I really, uh, yeah. I, hey, I'm not certain. I, maybe, I, I try to live the right life every day, so what can I give up? And we know that you do. And uh, maybe you can <laughs> lobby some of your Catholic uh, friends in the Senate over there to give up uh, dissension for Lent. How'd that sound? <laughs> well, they ought, maybe they ought to come over and listen to follow, uh, Monsignor Quickie's prayer every morning. Ah, there you go. All right. Rudy, thanks very, very much. Have a nice Valentine's Day. Thank you. All right. There he is, Rudy Beat. Coming up, what's hot with Hannah in just a few. Stay there. I've got a sweeter song than the birds in the trees. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Yeah. 